0: Hello and welcome back to Novelty. and today, or rather, let's begin another way. If you guys listened to the last episode, you might have noticed that I'm quite on the fence about many self-help books, mainly that, I'll be honest, I find them hella boring, and at least for How To Win Friends and Influence People, I found it quite manipulative at times and so i picked up this book for many reasons one it looks short two the author is quite well respected and i think i read um reasons to live or read this with reasons to live basically the book that he wrote um reflecting on when he was suicidal and then giving i feel like every chapter was like a reason why you shouldn't give up on life something like that and i found that quite poignant and very nice to read so like you know fuck it let me give it a try and i really loved it and uh, you know before i even get into the reason why i love the book let me just say what i'm gonna speak about today and today i want to speak about i want to speak about how This book and Ted Lasso (laughs) inspired me to make this year about recapturing my old optimism and what I think about toxic positivity and what helps me to be happy or to look forward to another day. Now, usually at this point, I'd be summarising the shit out of the book and that's not really possible because... This is one of the reasons why I actually love the book. Because in the preface, Matt Haig stated that this book, of course, is for your comfort, the comfort book, of course. And every chapter isn't necessarily necessarily like chronological or things that has to be read linearly. And you can rip out a page, keep it to yourself, give it to someone else. It gave me wreck my journal if you've ever seen that book people used to buy it and you know or wreck the journal and people and every page dedicated to a way to ruin it or to express itself creatively it felt like that but of course it was like literature so you just had to read it every chapter had something entirely different whether it was like a list of songs i think there was also a recipe there were little bits of like history so like stuff about the stoics Soft, um, from his life, stories from his life, historical shit going on, and I'll be honest, all together, it really, it was really good. I read it chronologically, and I really fucking enjoyed it. It had a few um motifs, which I really liked. So even if you did read it linearly, you still got something extra than if you had not. There was a particular phrase that was repeated a few times in the book which i really liked we sort of gave it like a secret and they're like a, a secret easter egg if you were to read it how it's quote-unquote meant to be read as a book which i really liked but moving on about that i guess that um the reason why i decided to make the episode on recapturing optimism is that you know as it's a new year i as I was reflecting on last year, 2021, I came to realise there were just a few things that I had lost myself that I would like to draw on from again to make a difference to the way I view things. And that was my love of optimism. I used to be a fucking optimist. I used to wake up and be like, today's going to be a good day. My my wallpaper now, I mean, now I barely even look at it, but I used to look at my wallpaper and it says, don't give up. And I used to think to myself, yeah, that's so inspiring. Exactly, don't give up. And now I'm like, uh, maybe I should just change it. And the last thing that's really important, that was really important to me, I don't even know why I had this, but I felt, I felt like a cool part of me, but I used to refuse to say that I would dislike someone. I used to refuse it because linking back to my wallpaper, don't give up. It felt like if I said I disliked someone, it felt like I was giving up on them. I could say that I was annoyed. I could say that I disliked the way they condone themselves in this situation. But I refused to ever say that I disliked the person as a whole because I felt as if I was giving up on that person entirely. And then last year, 2021, it happened. I finally said that I disliked someone. And I was just thinking about the year generally. It wasn't just that. I think also... University has this sort of insidious way, at least my university has this insidious way of making you um, negative as your instinct. For example, you're, you're on campus, and I guess people like to um, sort of flock together against a common enemy, whether it's like lectures or exams or examiners or departments. But it seemed like it was such an instinct that I would just fall back on it rather than falling back on, I don't know, contentment or, optimism or any, other, other, any other positive emotion there could be. And it made me clock. Last year, as I was thinking back, reflecting that I didn't really like the way that I was acting. It, I wasn't the worst person at all. I wasn't like, you know, I wasn't, <laughs> I wasn't evil, but I, I miss being a bit more positive. Or a bit more hopeful, at the very least. I don't need to be toxically positive, as we're going to get into. But I was more or less content. Or less whiny. I was so fucking whiny last year. (laughs) But, um, yeah, so that's what I want. After all that said, I decided today I need to recapture some optimism. Optimism. I can't regress and I'm aware of that. I know that I can't go back to before COVID and be like the person I was before. But I can appreciate the fact that I respected at least a tiny bit of who I was in the fact that some bad things would happen and I'd still keep it stepping. I think I am not glued, but it's like walking through, I know, thick oh my, I feel like I'm stuck with certain, like, opinions or problems, I'm, like, cyclical in the way that I think some ways, and I just, I want to, you know, change the narrative of it. and I guess with that, I want to start with a few quotes from The Comfort Book, and these are the ones that I bookmarked for myself in the same way that Matt Heg said rip out a page, I don't really do that because I only buy ebooks, so this is the one, the first page that I bookmarked, and this is the first thing that I really want to implement in my life. The chapter is called A Few Don'ts. Don't envy things you don't actually want. Don't absorb criticism from people you wouldn't go to for advice. Don't fear missing parties you would probably want to leave. Don't worry about fitting in. Be your own tribe. Don't argue with people who will never understand you. Don't believe anyone has it all figured out. Don't imagine there's an amount of money or success or fame that could insulate you from pain. Don't think there's a type of face or job or relationship that safeguards happiness. Don't say yes to things you wish you had the confidence to say no to. Don't worry if you do. And one thing I loved about this is that It didn't force me mentally to sort of do extra things. I like the fact that I said don't because I felt like having the negative first felt like less pressure. It was like the there's some specialty in inactivity rather than implementing actions. No, um, like don't. I mean, don't worry if you do. Seems like like a big statement. Easier said than done, but just a few don'ts a few rule books, a few rules in your rule book just felt so calming. So it felt, felt like I was demarcating like a boundary so I could just relax a bit. I could like chalk draw a boundary around me like the episode of SpongeBob when they're getting, like they protect themselves from this like, I don't know, random animal <laughs> when <laughs> once good we'd get to beat up like 10 times. It felt, it felt like that. Like, I'm just, you know, drawing a boundary around me, so I can just be a bit more protected from any sort of negativity. In a way, I guess. But we'll get onto that and this idea of being toxically positive. But um, another don't that I would love to add to it that I I don't know where I got this from. I think I got it from like Miley Cyrus and like an Intel. I don't know where she got that from, but it's very simple it says don't be furious be curious and I really love this because one of the worst things that I gained last year is this quick snap judgment of almost everything (laughs) I mean granted it's many people that I was around school-wise but I mean granted there's many people I was around school-wise but I was quick to judge I was not being curious at all. I was not thinking, huh, why are they like this? Oh, why am I doing that? I mean, for the most part, I do appreciate the fact that one thing I learned is that some people aren't worth your curiosity in the sense that you will spend a large part of your cognitive bandwidth exhausting yourself, trying to figure out the intricacies of people's personas. And instead, that time is better... Um, invested, as I mentioned in the episode about the five people you meet in heaven and accepting the actions that were done on you, or accepting things that go around you in the grand scheme of things. But I just, I know I love this chapter and it's the first thing that like ignited me to say, that ignited me to think that I need to change or at least I really would like to have a new resolution emotionally rather than just physically. I just want to have a few extra things to help me be a bit more pleased or at least content I know, or rather and with that with the you know quote don't be furious be curious came around the time when I was watching Ted Lasso and I kid you not this is my new favorite tv show dare I say of all time I mean, I don't like to make that statement too early on because I'm pretty sure that I said that shit about like Game of Thrones and look what happened in the last season. So I need to finish the whole TV shit once it does come to an end. But man, Ted Lasso, the whole TV show, I feel like every bunch of TV show sort of links to a cool part of me. The Nigerian part. Sam Obinsanya? It's that, yeah, that man, that man there. Yes, it means in England, I mean it's you know the British probably be like wanker. I mean I don't really say that, but like it fits. Ted Lasso's optimism and positivity. When I looked at him, when I heard the shit he was saying, I used to quote this shit. I used to say this shit all the time. I used to I used to be not him. He's a bit too much. He talks a bit too much for my liking, but <laughs> he is so cute, like, oh, Ted Lasso's my new celebrity crush, not Jason Sudeikis, Sudeikis, not him, but, like, Ted Lasso, perfect, perfect, man, <laughs> and, uh, what am I even speaking about now? Yeah, so, listening, or watching Ted Lasso, reignited or rather ignited a sense of logging for my old self and here are a few quotes from Ted Lasso that I I love I want to keep them in my pocket and recite them to my friends okay so first quote I think he said this to one of the um to one of the footballers I think so one I think it might be Colin like the one who's just British and just there and um he's like, you know what the happiest animal on the earth is? It's a goldfish. You know why? It's got a 10 second memory. (laughs) And I really like that. I mean, looking deep into the quote, I don't believe in the philosophy of forgetting. Rather acceptance and maybe forgiveness might be a good way, but the idea of brushing things off and moving on. Love that. Another one. Oh, this is the one that made me wanna cry I was like that's something I would say like be curious not judgmental <laughs> don't be furious be curious that reminds me of that hmm and then in the first episode this is when I knew I thought I was gonna love it he was like to Dead Lasso was like to his friend the other coach on the on the plane and um <laughs> and he asked Dead Lasso Do you believe in ghosts? And he's like, I do, but most importantly, I think they should believe in themselves. I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> and this is the last quote this is the last quote that made me realize how much depth there is to to Talesa the t show, him as a character. And even despite the lightheartedness of the show as a whole, the fact there were little bits to it, there were little sections where you realize there were like many things that they that were able to successfully discuss and basically to letters immensely optimistic positive forgiving to everyone and one of the episodes without spoilers we we find that why and he's like and i knew right then and there that i was never gonna let anyone (laughs) i'm butchering this accent and i knew right then and there i was never gonna let anybody get by me without understanding they might be hurting sad (laughs) oh and yeah that's that's the thing that i really wanted to draw on with that quote i think that's what resonates with me the most i just don't like the idea of giving up or abandoning anyone whether they've done me dirty i just feel so bad because ultimately, I don't know what's going on in their life. And I don't know if I'm the last straw, if I decided to break away. And um, I just don't sort of think I could ever really forgive myself if it... If because I was so quick to judge or so quick to criticise, that I had to pain to someone when I could have been more compassionate and understanding and given. And this is where watching Ted Lasso and reading the comfort book made me think about toxic positivity. Because watching this TV show and all things that transpired, especially in season two with Nate and everything, it made me realise that with a lot of these quotes and me discussing, you know, recapturing optimism as a whole, could I be blinding myself to the fact that there are just some people who generally are beyond my human reach to be constantly compassionate to? And with that, in the book, in I think the chapter was called Other People Are Other People Like I think it even mentions that in the in the T show in Ted Lasso, like all people are different people, something like that. But it had a quote by Aisha Akanbi and it said like if you decide to, your healing is dependent on other people acknowledging their faults, you'll still be waiting in your grave. And thinking about this, thinking about the quote about you know, thinking about other people and not letting them pass you by made me think about toxic positivity. I don't really remember the specific moment that I um, encountered this phenomenon, I'll be honest. I I didn't know you could be too positive. I am um, respectful for other people's grievances. Like, I would never be to someone, unless it was, like, over, like, you know, first-world problems um like um, you know brush it aside or let's be optimistic or at least this I would never say like something really bad happened I would never be like someone you know at least you know you aren't dead or some shit like that I wouldn't say that that's the other things that I discuss with myself however but it made me worry I don't know when the worry started but (laughs) I was anxious that I was being too positive at some point like, it made me positively worried and insecure that it could be toxic. I even hate the phrase, and that why does it have to be toxic positivity? You know, why can't it be unhelpful or potentially damaging positivity? Like, I don't like the oxymoron. You know, I feel like oxymoron, toxic and positive. Yeah, And, hmm. I, I, but I do understand. I do understand it. I do understand that when a person is too positive in the same way that Ted Lasso was at some times you're like looking through the world with rose tinted glasses trying to like distract from a scary reality and you almost don't appreciate that sadness dissatisfaction depression what else (laughs) what else is there many things many negative things happen and anger exists yeah all these feelings exist and they need to be appreciated and respected even in the book in the comfort book Matt Haig I'm I'm butchering his name but Matt Haig Matt Haig (laughs) I think one of the things that I really liked I think I blocked him off was like he was saying in the book I think the chapter was called opposites and he was saying that he never, or rather, the one the reason that he loves life, or he uh, just is in love of life so much, is because he was once suicidal. Like you can't really appreciate one without the other. I can't appreciate my happiness if I don't acknowledge it, If I don't acknowledge my sadness, otherwise I'm just I'm ignoring the big picture. I am being toxically positive. I need to appreciate that there's some value to sadness. That the juxtaposition of the feelings just highlights how great my happiness is. And also at times how great my sadness was. But ultimately, you know, both coincide, exist, yin and yang. And that's okay. Okay. In fact, I think in the chapter as well, it said, like, I am not a happy person or a sad person or calm or fearful. I am a happy, sad, calm, fearful person. You mean, I need to let myself, which is something I'm going to definitely implement this year, feel everything. And that I'm always open to new feelings because no single feeling is this as a monolith by itself in my body. And I can't push that. Otherwise, I'm just straining myself trying to be positive or trying to push for optimis- optimism. And that's something I definitely want to be able to balance out with what I'm trying to change about myself. I want to be everything. or Rather, I want to respect every single emotion or feeling that comes to me. I want to be less judgmental, more curious. And I also would like to have more quotes so I can quote to people, positive things so they can remember the quote and they'd be really happy with me. And all together with that, I want to be more compassionate, understanding and recognise that I am a happy, sad, calm, fearful person. And that is okay. It's okay not to be okay as well. And, uh, yeah, I guess that's the end. It's a bit messy, but ultimately life is messy. <laughs> and that's okay. And, yeah. So I think it's time to read the end of the book. If you read the book, you might notice... um. Where some of these phrases come from. It sounds very random, but I know altogether it's wonderful. Nothing truly ends. It changes. Change is eternal. In being change, you too are eternal. You are here in this moving moment, and in being here you are also forever. A fire becomes ash which becomes earth sadness becomes joy sometimes within the same cry birds molt feathers then grow new ones for winter love becomes grief grief becomes memory wounds become scars doing becomes being pain becomes strength noon becomes night rain becomes vapor and then rain again hope becomes despair then hope again A pear ripens, falls, transforms as it is tasted. A caterpillar disappears into its silk-wrapped cocoon and things go dark. And then... That's the end. Bye.